Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. From the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every Every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is. You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. Awesome to be here with you on the BetQL Network, where every game is Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you the bets, and we bring you the sports. We are coming to you live today from the Odyssey app. From the BetQL app, we'll be simulcast by the studs at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and on radio stations nationwide, including Sirius Channel 217 and XM Channel 205, as Ken and I bring you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. You want to found out today? About BetMGM, I filmed my uh, my Board of Spreads video earlier today on a Wednesday um, and talking to some of the great people at BetMGM that I deal with on their social team. BetMGM is going to start rolling out SGP Pluses, which is not like Living Plus, which I when they told me the name, I was like, Living Plus? Like Succession? Which is one of the funniest episodes of Succession in the, uh, in the, uh, the final season of Succession. But SGP Pluses, which, you, which is basically you can parlay different same-game parlays. That's a feature that BetMGM is going to be rolling out. The first thing I asked was, can, can we do this in hockey? And I think the answer is going to be yes. So starting like soon, I think, with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, you can parlay same-game parlays with SGP+. Yet another reason to sign up at BetMGM.com and to download the BetMGM app on this W3. We got three words, and they all start with the letter W. It's a wonderful football Wednesday, and it's October 18th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Our show is on Twitter, at you Better you Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at the Costos and Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper on X now and always lives a crazy life at Lockie Lockerson. And on this wonderful football Wednesday, we are going to bring you five phenomenal guests and hot damn. 
are they phenomenal? Pro sports better Rob Pozzola will join us talking National Football League. So too will Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger, Will Brinson from CBS Sports, and Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. Four amazing guests breaking down Week 7 in the NFL. All their best bets, all their analysis, all their best stuff on the NFL this weekend from Pozzola, Baldinger, Brinson, and Eager as we move along. And how about joining us to talk hockey on the show today? The great Jeremy Roenick, hockey legend Jeremy Roenick stops by the show today. We'll talk with Jeremy about Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks and the rest of the early comings and goings in the NHL season. You will not want to miss it. Our conversation with Jeremy Roenick coming up at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Plus, dun, 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 dun. We've got quarterback news. Dun, 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 which means it moved. Oh, get your minds out of the gutter. All the line movement your little heart could ever desire for Week 7 in the National Football League. we got tons of quarterback news across the board. And one of the games that we will discuss is the Browns and the Colts in Indianapolis. We've got an injury update on Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. We will also bring you early golf bets. 3.40 p.m. Eastern today. Golf bets in hour number one because the golf tournament this weekend is the Zozo and it starts tonight. In Japan. So we will get golf bets out early. We will get it out in podcast form early. 40 minutes from now, Ken, Tyler, myself, we will point out to left field. Did Babe Ruth, he pointed to left, right? When he hit that homer, when he called no, the shot, he point, it was left? He point, didn't he point to right? Because he was left-handed. I don't know. Right? Yeah, but I don't know. Whatever. They, we're going we're to point. Well, I'm a righty, so I'm yeah. going to point okay. out to left. We're going to point out to the outfield, and we will hashtag call our shot and give you the winning golfer coming up in the Zozo. We'll give it our best shot. We'll see how it goes. But golf bet's coming up here in hour number one. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's day three of Lochmas, and Santa's here with an early Christmas present. I mean, this is tantamount, basically, to getting your Christmas present before Thanksgiving. Santa's stopping by today to slide down the chimney, to drink the milk, and eat the cookies, and leave a present underneath the tree in the form of a bet that he likes this weekend in college football. Last week, this was a winner with Houston on Thursday night with the Hail Mary against West Virginia. And with Pitt. And we with, gave Pitt out on Wednesday last yeah. week, too. And yeah. paid an outright winner against Louisville as a seven-and-a-half-point dog. So day three of Lochmas paid dividends last week. We will attempt to do the same thing this week when Santa stops by to give us a bet or bets for this weekend in college football. And Power Hour is the final hour of the show. And in the final hour of the show today, we will give you our monster teasers for Week 7 in the National Football League. We will give you... It's really sad. I think I spoke to Ken like way early this morning just to go for stuff with the show, talk about some things. I think the, I opened the phone call by saying, man, only only two games on the board tonight at the National Hockey League. Th- that kind of sucks. We only got two games tonight, but we'll give you bets of steel for them. I got a couple bets side in total. I'm sure Ken's got some props. Bets of steel in the National Hockey League. And, of course, game three of the ALCS. All our bets there with the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros as Mad Max returns to the Thunderdome. Rangers, Astros tonight. Scherzer and Javier with our Rangers holding a 2-0 lead in the best of seven series. We are locked and loaded. Wonderful football Wednesday. Ken Barkley, how's it going? Uh, good. I have a, I have kind of like a betting thing and a kind of off the radar thing, I guess, to to start with potentially. Do you, have, do you have anything from last night that was interesting to you before we do something? It's not random. It's related to the NFL, but it's not like a, a normal thing we do in an opening segment. You got anything from last night that stands out? Yeah, just you know, I think like the one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life. 
and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores, and the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, you just wake up, uh, maybe there's a noise, you gotta go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I had a similar experience. We had a uh, we actually had a bear, like a giant bear, go through our trash can at, like, 530 in the morning, which causes a lot of noise, like, in our neighborhood. Where you saw it The acoustics it no? in our neighborhood because we're – Say, say that again. I, did I see did it? You, did, oh yeah. Did you see? The, you saw it? I would. Our freak trash cans. Out. Our trash cans are like right outside our house. Like it's not like the bear could get into the house or anything. It wasn't like a dangerous situation. But uh, we have bears in our town and like our neighborhood a lot, uh, especially this time of year. And this one was a monster. And uh, so my wife wakes up first because she's a lighter sleeper and just like you know knocks over the trash can, starts taking the bags out, and starts just eating stuff out of the bags. But so this was like 530. My son usually wakes up at 630. So it's a really bad time. Like I'm I'm I was a little zombie earlier today. I'm, I'm fine now, obviously, because um, it's like 530. You can't really go fully back to sleep like he's going to wake up in less than an hour. And we just had to like look outside to see a bear. And we're trying to figure out, like, how do we get him to go away without making a lot of noise? Because we make a lot of noise. The kids wake up. So it's kind of like what's like what's like the happy medium here. So we're, I'm kind of like flashing the lights outside. That was like my idea. And like we turned the lights on, turned them off. And like eventually he kind of. I probably just finished his meal. Honestly, I don't think we really did anything to dissuade him and goes on down the neighborhood checking for other people's trash cans, whatever. So it's like 538 a.m. And, you know, where's like, Nate Silver? Like a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Nate, Nate Silver, by the way, Nate Silver, by the way, predicted that the bear would not be there eating your trash yes. this morning. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. He thought. Uh, and also yeah. that Hillary was going to win the election. Also that Hillary was going to be the president. Yeah, also that was going to happen. Uh, right. So anyway, so it's, it's like, you know, 538 in the morning. And uh, and I'm like, I sit on the bed. And then this thought occurs to me, the same thing I think that you had, where I go, oh, right. Uh, I went to bed. I fell asleep at the first intermission of the Hurricanes-Sharks game. And at the time... I was like really excited about where all the props were that we that we had in that game that the Hurricanes, I think, outshot the Sharks. We had a lot of shot overs in the game. I think I said on the air, like, I think the Hurricanes could have 50 shots in the game. I believe they outshot the Sharks 19 to three in the first period, something like that. Uh, also a bizarre situation where their goalie like got a concussion and had to leave. But besides the point, um, so they're out shooting them by like a million and like all the guys are kind of on pace and I go, man. I think I got to check if all these things hit like it's 530. It's like 530 in the morning. I grab the <laughs> phone, not? immediately go to the score, do like the quick scroll down. Like, all right. So first thing I do is like, all right, how many shots did they finish with? This will tell me like how the night went. 42. 
<laughs> I can't believe you do that first. Is two. is really funny to see like to it's set the, yourself it's, it's up for either elation or disappointment. Yeah. Is very funny to do that first. It's on the front page, and I just go, I see forty two, and I just go. Well, this probably went pretty well. I mean, it had overs on a lot of guys. And I was like, all right, let's go. Like, let's flip over to the, the box score and, like, see what's going on. And it was, like, a a bizarre, the most bizarre distribution of shots. So, basically, what I figured out is, giving out shots on goal props for, like, four days. Oh, like, this is the aggravating thing. When you, like, know that there's going to be, like, a, a very likely to be a crazy imbalance. One team's going to have a million shots. One team's not going to have a lot. And you try to take advantage of that by betting shot overs and, like, extreme shot overs on a bunch of guys and they all finish like one short or a half short despite the team having a million like it's distributed perfectly so that you don't make a lot of money and like one of the big prices hit so like it wasn't i i won money on the game too we had an obscure goal scorer for the sharks in that game so it was not like a tale of losing but it was a tale of like how like if you told me ahead of time 40 something I'd be like, oh, then we like printed money on this game. I mean, we had to have won almost everything based on the players that we bet. And yet somehow it like didn't work out that way. So this is like my first installment or first story that I'll kind of keep in mind of, oh, like if I think something's like, like very likely to happen and I get the game that I want, it still doesn't mean it has to happen. Like, oh, that's how shots props lose that are also very good. They lose because of that stuff. Because like, however that happened last night. So I had a similar experience to what you had. This is uh my gonna be my second my second usage in the first segment here of hashtag tantamount. It's a good word. Ooh. But that but you just said that that's tantamount to like not watching an NFL game that you bet like the over on and then checking to see like yards per play and like total yards before you check right. to see what the score of the game is. Or anytime <laughs> touchdown and it's like forty eight twenty and you're like, Oh, <laughs> I had like the starting like, running back. Like I had to get it, the absolutely. anytime touchdown. Nailed right. It. How did how did Raheem Boy. Mostert not score? Like, how did, uh, you know, how did DeAndre Swift not score? How did, like, some of these guys, how did Kenneth Walker not score? So how did McCaffrey not score? Actually, uh, you know, Brock Purdy threw for seven touchdowns. I, I got to be real with you. And, like, I guess, you know, where like, where you live, this is probably, like, more of, like, a common occurrence, obviously. And, like, you don't seem that phased by it. I feel like I would, like, maybe have to consider, like, putting my house on the market. If I, like, oh, looked outside just for bears? bears going through my trash. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no way. Well, you, uh, well, for, I mean, first of all, this is very common in our, it's not even common in like all of Connecticut, but we're in like kind of a woodsy town. It's not even that woodsy. It's like funny that we do have bears here. We have a lot of them. And, uh, and this time of year, like you just, that, this happens sometimes they go through the trash. Uh, a bear was in our backyard a couple of years ago and tried to walk from our backyard to our neighbors and there's a fence in the way. And he just puts his paw like rests it on top of the fence as if he's just casually like doing nothing moves it slightly and the entire fence just rips out like that's how powerful they are it's like really funny he's just like like taps his finger on the fence and everything explodes basically is what happens so we've had a lot of instances like that but you had a wildlife you're dealing with stuff too right because you try to feed these cats every morning and you've talked about your obsession with cats on the show and now you got you got raccoon problems still right yeah, but the, the raccoons at night. Yeah, I and I, I kind of feel well, bad. The bears for the at five thirty in the morning, not walking but around like, in the middle the, of the day. The, yeah, so. but, but the difference is, like, the raccoon sees me, and like the raccoon like runs off. Like the raccoon, well, I not guess if it's it rabid, it be, like rabid, gonna hiss at you. Yeah. I gotta tell you, if if a raccoon like looked at me and like hissed at me, and like yeah. and I could see in its eyes that it looked like feral, I I would be I would sprint as fast as I could in the other direction. 
I ain't right. sticking around to get rabies. Like, no while way. While wedding no yourself, how. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. You know go. what I'm not into? You know what I'm not into? Like f fights with rabid animals. With, like, fights outdoor, with animals. Outdoor animals. Yeah. I'm not into it. But yeah, like like the raccoons out sometimes, and like I hate them. I also kind of feel bad for it because like the raccoon needs to eat too, but like the raccoon's yeah. also gonna hurt. So hurt does the bear. Cats. Yeah. yeah, I just. And, like, here's, what, like, I, I feel like I feel bad for, like, everyone and everything. Like, I would kind of feel bad for the bear. Like, I want the bear to eat, but I don't want yeah. the bear to be hungry. And it's food but that also, we threw like, out. So, like, he's not even yeah, hurting us with, like, he's not eating, like, the food that we're cooking. You know? Like, I'm not, like, on the grill and he's like, excuse me. Like, I'd like all that steak. You know? Like, he's I just taking stuff out of the trash. Yeah. I can't tell you the freak, like, as I'm like a city kid, basically my entire life, I can't tell you how much people here, like, it doesn't have to be Staten Island where I live now, it could be Queens, it could be Manhattan, the freak out that would ensue if there were ever a bear in the neighborhood, people would, <laughs> yeah. would lose their minds, it would like lead the local news, like people bear in Staten Island the neighborhood. Grab, grab all their concealed weapons, probably just take that thing down. <laughs> so well, I mean, not me, but yes, I'm sure that there would be people in this. It's a red borough in Staten Island that would probably grab their firearms and, and uh, exercise Hashtag their Second Amendment right down. to kill animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead, deader than the average bear. That's what it would be. Right. Uh, but me, I'm uh, I'm peaceful. I'm live and let live. I want to I want to leave yeah. things alone. But thankfully, the bear is maybe the bear, the bear is trying to overthrow the government. You never know. Uh, so you never know. Uh, hey, Kyler Murray was back in practice today. We'll talk about it on the other side. We'll talk Arizona Cardinals and we'll talk it moved. How about the Saints and the Jaguars on Thursday night? We'll start to get you set for Week Seven. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Murray. Running out of time, on the move, coming back this way. Dancing and looking and directing traffic, and look at the length of this play. <laughs> Murray no, to the 10, to the 5, and he's going to convert it. That's unbelievable. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Greg Gumbel with the call last year on CBS. That would be week two of the NFL season. How do I know that? Because Ken and I were in Las Vegas, and we sure bet were. on the Cardinals in that game, and they were down 20 to nothing against Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, and then we live bet Arizona, and then we live bet them again, and live bet them again, and then Kyler had that very long play for the two-point conversion that sent the game to overtime, and the Cardinals would eventually win that game in overtime. It's amazing how like all we have to hear is a play-by-play -play call, and instantly it's, this was the game, and here's what happened in our bet. I yeah. absolutely love it. And we didn't even uh, hear that call live because we were at uh, we were at Aria at the sports book, but like without the volume, I think, on that game. Edgar! And Edgar, shout out Edgar and uh, and the crew. And still, like, you hear the – because that was – yes, that two-point conversion, he, uh, you know, bought time and, you know, wasn't really under a lot of pressure and had, like, a you know, a million seconds to do whatever he was going to do. There were, like, ten plays like that in the game. So even if you heard that call and you didn't even hear the two-point conversion at the end, you'd be like, oh, the Raiders game because they, they couldn't possibly sack him ever, like in the entire second half. Uh, you know what that was? Uh, and credit to the great Iron Eagle, hashtag Murray Magic. Kyler Murray on yeah. that play against the Los Angeles. That was profitable. That was going to be the, uh, right. 
the, the magic would the magic would run out shortly thereafter for yeah. Kyler Murray and the and the Arizona Cardinals last season. But uh, maybe we've got some more magic in store coming up for the Cardinals in just a little bit here. We'll bring you the latest on Kyler Murray in just a second. But for our live audience, our listeners and viewers, golf bets is coming up in twenty minutes. Uh, why are we doing golf bets early in the show? Because the tournament this weekend is in Japan and it starts later tonight. So we want to get that out early in podcast form. So golf bets are coming up in twenty minutes. Rob Bazola, Brian Baldinger, Jeremy Roenick, Will Brinson, and Eric Eager are our guests on today's show. Absolutely cannot wait for it. But a bit of a surprise today, right? And I, I guess, like, I had expected this to happen. Not that, like, I'm, like, clairvoyant or anything, but I pay a lot of attention to fantasy player news. Like, they think the expectation was, at some point in the next, like, month or so, the Cardinals were going to open the 21-day uh, window for Kyler to start practicing and be activated to the 53-man roster. But it just kind of, like, came out of nowhere today, where all of a sudden, Kyler himself tweets that he's going to be practicing today. The Arizona Cardinals official Twitter account tweets that Kyler's going to be practicing today. Oklahoma football, the, coll- the collegiate account retweets it, and this starts getting shared everywhere, right? And we start texting about it. Ken, myself, and like other members of our show crew. It's like, was, is he going to play this weekend against Seattle? Like he's going to practice today. I think we've got more concrete kind of uh, plans for Arizona here now. Josh Dobbs is going to play this weekend. We have a quote from Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon saying he expects, expects Dobbs to play and play well in the game as opposed to him saying, yeah, I think Dobbs is going to stink it up and we're going to get blown out. But Dobbs is going to start on Sunday on the road in Seattle, and Kyler could play as early as next week for the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll practice in full this week and next week and either play in week eight or maybe week nine. But he's playing at some point here in the next three weeks. He'll be back under center or, you know, uh, in the shotgun because he's my height for the the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, So not much betting implications here, Ken, for this game on Sunday against Seattle because it'll still be Josh Dobbs and Clayton Toon will be the backup. Um, but we're going to see Kyler sooner rather than later, it feels like. The betting impact, please, in your estimation for Kyler Murray returning to Arizona. Uh, it's it's. I don't think it's a lot to start with that, although it is a really interesting piece of news. I was talking to a couple other people uh, a couple hours ago while I was like kind of had like my rest time before the show. And usually I'll be like on my phone or on my phone, like laying down on the couch. and I'll just kind of be like running through a bunch of new stuff. All right. Like if that happens, like what do I want to bet? Or if that happens, what do I want to bet? And so, you know, we, we knew this several hours ago that he was going to start practicing, but it was unclear when he was going to return. And then you started getting a little more information, a little more information, reached out to a few other people that bet and like some people that do season long stuff like I do some people that don't I was like does this make you want to do anything like like reading this even not knowing the week that he comes back like you know the gears start turning like what what do you want to bet like do you want to try to do you think stuff's going to move and you want to bet before it moves do you just want to like organically bet stuff because you think he's really good or you want to play on Arizona whatever and the consensus answer was like there's just not a lot, right? So, you know, like all the treetop futures are out of play, right? Arizona's not winning the Super Bowl. They're not winning the conference. They're not winning their own division. San Francisco's going to win that division. So like those are all, those are off the table right away. Then you look at uh, awards, like him being back, uh, you know, in this week, you know, I had one person be like, is there ever a chance he wins comeback player of the year? And I go, well, there's like a way it happens. I don't think it's really likely. You need all the other candidates right now to be really bad or to like not materialize. And then he materializes instead and wins, you know, just because there's no one else and Hamlin keeps being inactive. We'll talk about all this tomorrow. I don't think it's like reasonable to expect him to play half a season and win, but this is a narrative driven award. Like I, I, I didn't think about that right away. And somebody pointed it out and I was like, okay, that's pretty interesting. So that is like, I guess one award application. You look at the Cardinals adjusted win total right now. It's four and a half. Uh, They have one win. 
and the schedule is absolutely brutal the rest of the season where like even if kyler's good and they play i can't like guarantee you there's four wins on the schedule like it's just not it's just it's possible but it's not like oh man i gotta go bet that right now like i was in our text chat being like i wonder if somebody has three and a half like maybe they dropped so much because they've been losing so badly maybe three and a half like okay i'll bet the over on three and a half if he comes back soon and like feel okay about it four and a half juiced under basically everywhere and kind of like different juice depending on where you go okay like i was like do i want to bet for not really like the schedule's rough. Like, I don't want to bet that. And so you kind of like, you keep crossing everything off. You cross everything off. Okay. We, we know we don't want to bet the Seattle game this week. Cause we know he's not going to play. And it seemed unlikely he would play anyway. Then the last thing, and this is something I did bet and it hasn't really moved, uh, really anywhere. Like with any like fervor, I would say just like some like very, very small action. I just want to make sure that's still true. Yeah. Just like slight juice change basically on a bunch of stuff. Uh, there's a look ahead market everywhere because in the NFL, there's always a look ahead market for the next week's games uh, where they will, the Cardinals will be at home against the Ravens, which you alluded to as maybe when Kyler comes back. Doesn't have to be, he could come back the next week. And the look ahead market almost everywhere is Ravens by seven and a half uh, on the road. And, you know, like it's not like, oh, well, if, uh, if Josh Dobbs plays, would you love this number? No, like I'd probably make this number about this, honestly, or maybe seven or something like that. Like I'd make, I'd make the Ravens a really big favorite in the game. But because the number is on that side of seven, like it's not six and a half or seven, it's seven and a half. Like to me, this is a really low risk proposition to just buy a lot of Cardinals seven and a half because like play it out, right? If they get throttled by Seattle, like they'll play out the worst case scenario, they get throttled by Seattle and uh, Baltimore beats Detroit and looks pretty good. Uh, and then like you, you go into this game, like, I don't think it's ever 10, which would be like the next key number that you would have to worry about in terms of like, if you wanted to buy out of the bet, like, okay, maybe it's eight or something. Like maybe it's a little bit more than, but like, you're always in this range. I think the only thing that hurts you, I guess, if Dobbs got hurt and Kyler wasn't ready to play, but that's a pretty narrow angle. Um, but, and so, okay. The risk is I think minimal spread. If Dobbs plays, and even if the Cardinals lose this week, spread's always in that range. And uh, then you played out the other way. Okay, what's the reward? Uh, what if Kyler comes back and plays? And I'm, this is not me saying, like, they'd win. I have no idea what would happen in the game. I talked to one person who said, like, I'd be really pessimistic, like, that he'd be any good in the first couple games. And they could totally be right. But the market would change, like, a lot, probably, on Josh Dobbs to Kyler Murray. It wouldn't change at all, really. I think it would go through seven and out the other side, probably. And you'd get, like, six, six and a half or better. And I just seem – and, like, so, again, this isn't some, like, millionaire money-making opportunity. It just seems like a really low-risk, high-reward bet to make. I There are very few ways that I'm in bad here. And there's like a bunch of ways that I can middle like six or seven, at least seven, if he ends up playing. So I took a bunch of Cardinals seven and a half. Now, like we have six and a half on the screen. I think that's the MGM look ahead. It's seven and a half in a lot of places. Like that's that's what you would want. Because six, like you hear like six and a half, like you're like, what are you going to try to middle? Like there's no like key number that you're around that helps you. Seven and a half, you're on one side of seven. I think you can get to the other side. So a little long-winded explanation. That was the only bet that I made when I saw the potential that he could come back next week. It just seemed like a low risk kind of a thing. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a wonderful football Wednesday talking Kyler Murray's like imminent return to the Arizona Cardinals. Like nothing really else going on here though from a betting perspective, right? With Kyler Murray? I mean, what I don't, I don't know what, uh, I guess the other thing would be in addition to betting the Cardinals, you could bet the over in the game because the Cardinals point projection, and it's a 43 and a half 
So under like against a Baltimore. total key number of 44 against Baltimore. Um, Baltimore has a really good defense this year, like one of rated as one of the best in the league, obviously. So it's not like this is, again, some like great opportunity, but one side of the seven to the other, I think is like kind of interesting. And again, this isn't, we're not, you know, this isn't uh, openers that are going to materialize eight months from now. It's games in 10 days. <laughs> like you're, we're, we're, you're going to, we're going to know the resolution to this bet very fast, which is one of the other reasons why it's appealing. I'll, I'll tell you what, like if it's Kyler's ready and we can either hold him out for another week and play him in week 10 or, or week nine rather, or play him in week eight, I'd rather play him in week eight. Did you see who, the, who they're playing the week after? Like what the schedule has for Arizona? I mean, just because just you're saying that, I'm going to, is it like San Francisco again or something? Just because I'm uh, guessing. It, it is, I, I literally had a, I think it's, I think they're at Cleveland in oh, the week uh, after. One of, who, who everybody, by the way, this week now is like, this is one of the best defenses of all time. Is like now what's being tweeted about the Cleveland Browns or zeded about them. Yeah. So yeah, you I see that in a lot of places. I don't know if I'm there yet on like on that thought on Cleveland's defense, but, but the you've seen the, some good. of the analytics stuff on them, like getting, getting other teams off the field. They're the best of all yep. time at like, getting stopping drives and stuff there's like all kinds of cool stuff going on with them yeah so uh yeah so if you have the choice you'd probably rather play him in that game against baltimore than you would against the cleveland browns we do have like a piece of semi-breaking news in the nfl just to, like get it into the show the jets are trading me hardman back to kansas city they signed him like to be like the, one of a deep threat for aaron Rodgers, and then Rodgers got hurt and now hardman never plays and now he goes back to kansas city uh here's my quick fantasy impact on this <laughs> Maybe it's like MVS is dead now, and MVS has already stunk for the Kansas City. So I don't think this like means anything for anything. But it happened, and it's NFL news. So figured we would get it into the good show. flyer right. for the Chiefs, right? Like they need wide receiver depth anyway. Might as well like kick the tires on him being back. I can like I can give you like a decent like fantasy answer to that question. That's it's you know like MVS and Sky Moore are giving you actually they're negative players. They're on the field a lot. They don't command targets. When they get targets, they don't do anything with them. MVS I don't think has been targeted more than three times in any game this year. He's Kansas City's like nominal deep threat. So maybe like Hardman can be a little better than MVS. Also like the Chiefs let Mecole Hardman walk, so they don't I don't think they thought that much of him. And they signed MVS two years ago to a deal like to basically replace Mecole Hardman. Well, Hardman was still on the roster so yeah like I guess it's possible like we could bet like Hardman anytime touchdown bets are probably long prices he'll probably get two targets a game and they'll both be like way down the field because that's he's a one-trick pony and that's his one the one thing that he does like, reasonably well is run fast but uh yeah I don't really think it has it has much impact and for the Jets it has zero impact because you know he wasn't playing anyway so it really doesn't matter uh okay I think we're good on Kyler so I think we can get to uh some actual like line movement here Ken for week number seven in the National Football League so we'll have a little bit of time here we'll roll through Thursday night football at least and maybe one other game uh Jake take it away with it moved I think it moved I think it moved I think it moved. It moved. There is one piece of the, uh, just the Hardman thing quickly, that Xavier Gibson is probably going to be play more for the Jets now with Hardman out. He's been good. He was the hard knock star. He had the punt return in week one against the Bills. So, Ken, this is fairly serendipitous because we're going to talk the Jaguars and the Saints on Thursday Night Football now. And we have an injury report for Jacksonville. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been released. And Trevor Lawrence is officially listed as questionable 
Lawrence is questionable. Zay Jones will not play in the game, so they'll be down like their third receiver. Kirk and Ridley will start on the outside. Jamal Williams is questionable for New Orleans. Not that that really matters. Running back behind Alvin Kamara. But the big news here, Ken, Trevor Lawrence listed as questionable. Uh, I'm sure you have your odds screen up. Is anything happening right now? Like, where do we stand right now with the Saints and the Jaguars here literally in real time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take a couple minutes to really see if there's going to be anything built into the market to account for a questionable tag when we already had a lot of reporting already that, you know, there's some chance he may not play, but he also practiced and, you know, talked to the media and his coach talked to the media. So we, we know for, for not knowing whether he's going to play, we do know like a good amount about the situation. And uh, as of right now, the market's pretty quiet on the game that, you know, 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes from now, maybe that's not true. Uh, also like we're not near any key number at all. The saints are consensus one point favorites in the market right now. For, uh, for a, a, a not key number like one, there's like a remarkable uniformity to all the sports books. Like they literally are all one. Usually in that case, like the Jags will be one in some place. They'll be pick in some place. No, it's like one, 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 one. It's like some kind of binary point spread. And uh, and I, I don't think you're going to get a big pop off of this listing. I could be wrong. Like maybe the Saints go to one and a half or two or something like that. But I don't think they're getting to three. Because if they get to three and then he plays, everyone's betting Jags plus three, like as fast as humanly possible. And I don't know if you want to take that risk. Um, of getting front run by like people who would know. And that's a really key number. So I think we're going to stay in this range. Could be wrong. Uh, the total has stayed the same basically the entire week, um, bouncing back and forth about a half point on the Lawrence news, 39 and a half, 40, 40, 40 and a half, something in that range. And that's where we are right now. It is worth noting the Jaguars signed Nathan Rourke, their third quarterback, to their 53-man roster, um, which does not necessarily mean bad things for Trevor Lawrence's availability. Rourke, if Lawrence is active in place in the game, would be the emergency third quarterback. So if Lawrence has to leave and then C.J. Beathard gets hurt or has to exit the game, then Rourke could come in under the NFL's emergency quarterback rule. So I don't know that that, again, like that, we should read too much into Rourke being added to the active roster. Uh, we will let you know over the course of the program today if we have any line movement here on this game with Jackson. Jacksonville and New Orleans. Again, Lawrence is questionable. The Saints holding right now as one-point home favorites on Thursday night against the Jags. A lot more NFL coming up over the course of the show, but because the Zozo starts later tonight, we will bring you our golf bets for that tournament coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. We'll be simulcast by the studs at Stadium starting in 20 minutes from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's when our guests begin here on this wonderful Football Wednesday. Five phenomenal guests on the show today. Rob Bazzola, Pro Sports Better, joins us 20 minutes from now. Brian Baldinger, Odyssey Sports NFL Insider, also joins us in hour number two. In hour three, hockey legend Jeremy Roenick and Will Brinson from CBS Sports will stop by. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports in the Power Hour. Monster teaser conversation. Ken's going to give us some college football bets. And we will also have a fun conversation about the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. We'll do that in Lochmas coming up in the Power Hour and all our bets for tonight, including bets of steel. We just spent some time during the break talking about how we're going to bet the two-game slate tonight in the NHL as the Ottawa Senators host the Washington Capitals. And we've got my Detroit Red Wings, who I think are going to be my adopted team this year outside of my Rangers, taking on Sid the Kid and the Pittsburgh Penguins. But hey, we got a, a golf tournament, and it's starting tonight. 
the Zozo Championship in Japan. So what is it? Tea times what? Seven forty-five Eastern tonight. So four it's, hours it's seven from now? something. Yeah, I think it's seven something. I know when Jason Sobel came on with yesterday, yesterday he said seven something. I'm I'm almost positive he's right. I'll get the tea times up here in just a second. But yeah, just in case people are like, why are why are we doing this right now? Uh, Eastern time, it looks like yeah, close. Uh, seven forty-five. First first uh, trio goes off. David Lingmurth. Callum Taran and Yuki Inamori will be our first uh, three golfers to, to take the team. So it's like a Tiger Woods golf, like creative names. Here's your, 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 your threesome here to open up the Zozo on a Wednesday night in Japan. So because the tournament starts in four hours, we're going to get this out in podcast form. We wanted to bring you, dear listener and dear viewer, our bets. And all three of us will look out to the outfield into the bleachers and point and call our shot and give you the one winner to rule them all this weekend at the Zozo in this edition of Golf Bets. From the comfort of their homes, You Better You Bet presents Golf Bets. Now up to the tee box, it's Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and Tyler Morales. Well, guys, you're in, uh, you're in my neck of the woods this time. Japan. I've been there. It's awesome. It's the absolute field advantage. So this, I, I feel like I, I think like me, despite having the being zero percent Japanese, I've got the home field advantage here in this tournament. So I will go last, and I will call my shot and give you my winner of the Zozo. But first, let's hand the old baton over to our good friend Tyler Morales. Tyler, take it away. He's been in the lab. He's been grinding, giving us tons of great golf bets. What do you got for us today, Tyler? Oh no. Tyler's mic doesn't is, work. Is Tyler with? Is Tyler with us? <laughs> okay, Tyler, apparently okay. we have an issue. Well, with I guess Tyler. I, I guess I'm going first. Oh, Tyler says he's here. Oh, I get we have a, always nice to get a hold on typed on live in live radio in the chat. Like hold on. Okay, okay, you okay. got it. We'll hold can, on. Like, can, yeah, can, we'll can our crew of like 15 people figure this out, please? Is Tyler's microphone good? Yes or no? Can someone just tell me, please? <laughs> the good news is we bet the exact same golfers. So, all right, Tyler, t- you, for the Tyler, last time Tyler, before hello. I go, go ahead. Yeah. That's all right, Ken. Give us, this is just classic. Give us, give us, give us your right. bets for the Zozo. Yeah, I guess we should have tested the mic during the break. Who would have, who would have thunk it? Uh, so here's the good news. I will, I will speak on behalf of Tyler and because uh, we, we bet the exact same golfers we've talked about it all week. Uh, been texting back and forth, trying to, uh, trying to figure out how to solve this one. This is a tough one. And... The reason I, I think this handicap is like really, really difficult versus like I didn't win last week, but I felt like I had a lot of guys that did well. And I like liked the process of, of what I did and that we won the week before. This one's really tough. Uh, only played the tournament three times. Uh, 2020, they didn't play it at this course. So you have 19, 21 and 22, which was won by Tiger in 19, Hideki, 21, Keegan Bradley last year. And okay, so like, what do you know? Like, big name golfer, all three. Okay, I guess. But you only have three years of data on like, you know, like who, who plays well here. So course history is kind of out the window because you only have a couple of years of it. Yeah, like if somebody played really well last year, that matters. But you don't have as much course history as you do at like Augusta or something like that, and uh, that makes it difficult. So just trying to find, and so you know, like that—that's one thing uh, that kind of like threw a wrench in some of the stuff. The good news is. We still have like a lot of tools at our disposal to handicap this thing. So uh, a lot of really good course comps that the guys play all the time. Uh, the American Express, uh, that course is like like a perfect comp for this in a lot of ways. Tyler had a really good point. 
the greens of this course are supposed to be similar to the greens at Augusta National, uh, which is, and, and like, lo and behold, look at, like, the winners that we've had here. Tiger, Hideki Matsuyama, who's a terrible putter uh, and who won here, and then Keegan, who has really good results in Augusta also, not as good as Tiger and Hideki Matsuyama, but, like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And, um, and so, okay, like, there's one thing. We have some other course comps, which I can kind of go over. And the other thing that, like, unifies those three players is the year that they won and really like for the entirety of their careers but especially the year that they won absolutely lights out approach players um strokes gained approach rank in like the year that they won the tournament and for tiger this is a little wacky because he like never played but you know if you kind of go back the year before or, like pre-injury whatever like obviously one of the best approach players like of all time uh hideki like the year that he won was like a top 20 approach player keegan the year that he, he won was like a top 20 30 approach player going into the tournament so really like a really good golfer won a guy who'd won on tour a bunch of times but also like an absolute lights out approach player and for that reason when you look at the top of the board and you can go through a few of the, the low price players tyler and i are both going to use a low a low price player in this tournament and we're going to use colin morikawa who's the best approach player in the field uh second in strokes games approach this season uh, or if you kind of go through the year into the fall because this is technically the start of a new year because the pga is stupid but if you go through all of last season he was just behind scheffler in terms of strokes gain approach um yes like xander is also a good approach player yes fowler is um yes some of the other guys in the field are i i don't want to bet xander and ricky fowler to win golf tournaments not not really interested in that based on how they tend to play on Sunday and how little they tend to win versus how they're rated. Uh, Morikawa was a multiple major champion and he's won more. Um, so really, really like him. Little worried about the layoff, but he played at the Ryder Cup. So I think like of the low price guys, and I usually don't use them, he's definitely won. And then course comps, strokes gain approach, um, kind of like everything we know about the tournament. A couple other players stand out who, who aren't, you know, quite quite the pedigree of Colin Morikawa. Uh, Eric Cole is still looking for his first win on tour, and he's been really, really close a bunch of times. And I don't tend to really like Tibet guys who, like, have never won and are kind of low-priced, but he's been so damn close a bunch of times, and he, like, crushed Sunday last week. His form's really good. Of the players who are not, like, the big names, he probably has the best approach game in the entire field. Um, he's top 30 in strokes gain approach right now, so it feels like he's close, and this is a course that suits him, and he has kind of, like, a play style in terms of what he's good at that kind of makes sense here. So he was a must-use for me. Uh, and then two guys who people are going to hear that we've used a lot recently... Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, who played okay, but kind of bricked last week. Maybe it's playing in the United States. Maybe it's not. Um, has a game, again, that, like, fits the course. He's only played one of the course comp courses, but did very well on it. So, like, he makes a lot of sense. Has won in Europe. Like, definitely going to win on the PGA Tour at some point. This tournament makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, and then the last guy. So, I think Tyler has those three. I have those three. And then I'm going to throw in just a little bit of Matt Wallace again. He was the call your shot for me last week actually played really well Sunday and like did very, very well in the tournament. Like definitely did not like brick or anything, but didn't win and like wasn't in the mix to win. Um, but again, like everything kind of makes sense for him this week for me too. So Morikawa, uh, Eric Cole, Nikolai Hoygaard and Matt Wallace. And then to call my shot, like this is going to be really obvious, but I think the winner of the tournament is going to be Colin Morikawa. All right, so Ken has called his shot with Colin Morikawa. We have called Tyler Morales on the phone, and Tyler is with us. Hello, Tyler. Hello, guys. Is, is this working? Yes, we have. Yes, we Barely. have you now. Thankfully, right. yes, but, but but we do have Tyler. All right, so Tyler, you and Ken have the same exact card. So Ken has already kind of like thrown out the names of the golfers that you guys have bet. So Tyler, call your shot. Who is going to win this tournament? Who is going to win the Zozo? 
So I'm assuming Ken went with Kyle Moore. Kyle, so I'm going to go a little different he here. Did. I will go Eric Cole. I'm going to go Eric Cole. He's honestly been playing, finishing higher than Kyle Morikawa has in the past year. So I'm going to go Eric Cole. I also have an extra bet that we have that Ken doesn't have. I think when I said once the foot, once the leaves change, that's when Emiliano Grillo comes to play. He's missed the last two cuts, and he's been horrendous ever since I made that claim. So we're going to go back to Nikolai Hoygaard over Emiliano Grillo again. It won last week. We bet that last week. I'm going to go right back to it. Grillo is apparently like in horrendous form. I don't know where his headspace is at. Meanwhile, Hoygaard is trying to play as, as much as he can to get into more of these tournaments. So I'm going to take uh, Hoygaard over Grillo. I'm going to call my shot here with Eric Cole. I, I thought we were going to get a double cross there, and it was going to be actually Grillo right. is going to win the tournament. I thought that was coming. Right. But, uh, but Hoygaard <laughs> yeah, so over Grillo, I kind of like. The leaves are changing. Right, you go outside. Tyler. Oranges, yellows, uh, you know. They're all over the place, too. And I, oh, I yeah. got to tell you, my favorite thing, I love I love stepping on, like, the crispy leaves and hearing the crunch yeah. underneath your shoe. It's one of, like, crinkle, that's crinkle. a pleasure of life. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, yeah, in a segment that's been that was that was retired after after one time. All that's right, okay. so so Ken has called his shot with Colin Morikawa. Tyler has called his shot with Eric Cole, but neither of them are in tune with the East, like I am, <coughs> having been to Japan. I got a couple tattoos. They're they're Japanese tattoos. I am Japan. Nick Costos is Japan. This weekend, my outright card will start with the guy who shares the name with my favorite old-school ESPN News anchor. That, of course, J.W. Stewart. Just kidding. It's Michael Kim, who also does great work with our friends over at Stadium, one of our Stadium teammates. Michael Kim starts the card this week. Michael Kim at 66-1. to 1. I will tell Jason Sobel, who was on the show yesterday, with Ryo Ishikawa at 250 to 1 because I loved Sobel giving that out at a huge price and I want to be part of that if and when Ryo Ishikawa wins. I don't know if you guys knew this. You probably don't because you're not in tune with the East like I am. But Ryu, like the main character in Street Fighter, actually means dragon in Japanese. How about Ryotaro Nagano at 250 to 1? The dragon. He rises in the East and then he goes to sleep in the East also and cashes golf bets while he's at it. Ryotaro Nagano. And then I was reading about the guy I'm going to call my shot with in a second. And he was saying that he was watching this past weekend the Japan Open, who was won by Oguri Iwasaki, who just won the Japan Open last week, so he's in great form. Iwasaki is 500-1 to to win the Zozo. And the guy who was watching... Iwasaki is the guy that I will call my shot with at the Zozo. You fools, you losers are breaking the honor code in Japan by being disrespectful to the best Japanese golfer on the planet who won the most prestigious tournament here in America, who's won a Zozo championship in the past and his back's feeling better. Hideki Matsuyama, I'm pointing out to the outfield. I am calling my shot with Matsuyama and saying, Arigato gozaimasu when he wins this tournament. Hour one done, hour two for you coming up on the other side. Rob Bazola kicks it off talking NFL. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.